Welcome to another episode of Two Pats in a Podcast. I'm your host, Pat. And I'm the other Pat. And this week, we continue our discussion about cameras. Last week, we talked about what our history was with cameras, like what our favorite cameras were from our past or what were particularly meaningful. And this week, we thought we'd talk about what we're shooting with now. So the camera that I'm using the most at the moment is my Fujifilm X-T1. So I bought that relatively recently, about a year ago, less than a year ago, actually. And I really, really like it. In terms of specs, it doesn't seem like it would be that good because it's only got a 16 megapixel sensor. It's APS-C, so it's not a full-frame sensor. But the pictures that I can get out of it are really nice and really sharp. The colors are really good. And I think it's something that Fuji is known for and something that they really tout. They really sell their cameras by their color science and how they render images and the colors in them. Yeah, Fuji doesn't make a full-frame sensor. No, they've they recently announced a medium format camera for less than $10,000, which is apparently cheap for a medium format camera. Yes, medium format people have a different definition of cheap to you and I. Yeah. So reviews are starting to come out for that, but I don't think it's it's really geared for my kind of shooting and probably not for your kind of shooting either. I'm also guessing that it would require new lenses. Yeah, it's a a new mount altogether because prior to the medium format, they've only ever made APS-C interchangeable lens cameras. So all of their lenses thus far are all APS-C. I think uh, Fuji have done really well by sticking with APS-C and relatively or seemingly relatively low megapixel counts by at least by Canon, Nikon and Sony standards today of 20 to 24. Yep. Uh, but doing really, really well at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not actually until the last year or probably last six months or so that they actually went and increased the megapixel size from 16 megapixels to 24. So now they've got about four cameras that have a 24 megapixel sensor. And three of those have their X-Trans filter, which is supposed to give you better... It's supposed to give you better uh, high ISO performance. But, you know, so there's there's debates on whether... The X-Trans actually results in softer images, but I haven't seen that personally. And their lenses, even the cheap ones, like I started off with the cheap, cheapest kit lenses you can get, and even those are really, really sharp. So I've been really impressed with Fuji. What's your favorite lens of the ones you currently have? Probably my most favorite is uh, the 27mm f2.8 pancake lens. I was going to say that's really thin. Yeah, it's about two centimeters thick, I think. And it's a prime and it's really sharp corner to corner. And it's 
really cheap. Well, relatively cheap. I got it for $250. And yeah, it works really well. And it, on the camera, it just makes it a, quite a tiny package, but still gives you really good quality. Are there any other lenses that you use a lot? Uh, I also like to try and shoot birds and stuff. So I've got two telephoto lenses. I've got the kit telephoto, which is uh, 55 to 230 millimeters. And I've got a slightly better one, which is 55 to 200, but it's got uh, wider apertures. And the newer one is metal mount and metal construction. So it's better built. And it's got a aperture ring, even though it's an electronic aperture ring. Okay. Is there anything you wish Fuji would do differently? Not really. Probably, um, I wouldn't mind if the prices went down a bit more. I think we'd all like that. Yeah. I think whatever they're doing, they're doing it. Whatever they're doing, I'm liking. I think the main thing I would like to see them and everyone do is use USB for power. Oh, yeah. Including a standalone battery charger is good. Keep doing that. Great. But also work off an external battery pack. As far as I know, the Fuji's battery life is okay. It's, I think it's average to good by mirrorless standards. But uh, even so, having an external battery pack would mean that you wouldn't necessarily have to buy Fuji batteries, although I'm sure they'd prefer you did. And it's good for just topping it up a little bit, or if you're going to do time lapses, it's always good to be able to have extra power on hand so that you can keep shooting i'm going to jump in and talk about my camera because i know you have more yeah the fuji is the only one i really wanted to talk about so my my main cameras today are obviously my iphone 7 plus but real camera um, real camera is it really fair to say that anymore is the sony a7r mark ii and this is a not expensive by medium format standards but it's not a medium format camera. It is the nicest camera I've ever owned. It takes 42 megapixel photos, which sounds great until you end up buying a new computer. <laughs> I'm, I wish I was kidding. I did end up buying a new computer because dealing with the raw photos within Lightroom just made me tear my hair out. However, now that I've bought the new computer, I'm happy. So, okay, I guess Sony won. Uh, It is, the dynamic range is fantastic. The massive amount of megapixels means that even if I go out and shoot with a prime lens, which I own a couple of, it doesn't, I don't lose much because I can crop and still end up with a 20 plus megapixel image. It's full frame. So even though two of my lenses are F4, uh, the two zooms, the 24 to 70 and the 70 to 200 are both F4. F4 on a full-frame lens, especially relatively close, has just such a small amount of depth of field that you get that wonderful bokeh effect. Mm-hmm. Uh, brilliant for portraits or photos of, of kids. But then the primes, I have the 55mm f1.8 and the 28mm f2. And they still, I mean, they just look amazing because the even tinier f-stop. It's funny that you mentioned that it's cheap by medium format standards, even though it's not a medium format. Actually, the 42 megapixel A7R2, the 50 megapixel 5DSR, the Nikon 36 megapixel D810, I think 
those three manufacturers actually built those cameras as an alternative to medium format because one of the draws of medium format is because the sensor is so big they could cram quite a few pixels in them but still have fairly good pixel sizes but what impressed me about the A7R2 is that even though it's just quote unquote full frame it's got really good dynamic range it's got really good high iso performance and coupled with those really nice lenses and again if you compare those lenses and how much they cost compared to medium format the quality that comes out of them are just really really good i don't own the the g master lenses they go down to f 2.8 i think and mm-hmm. cost even more money i think i i've certainly spent more on lenses than i have on the body at this point um but the yeah as you said the high iso performance is incredible the what i find is i can shoot at iso 6400 and not even know and yes there is some noise but it's very monochromatic so it's very easy to deal with in post or just leave in because it looks good mm-hmm. in terms of things that i wish sony would do differently uh i wish they would release some more lenses uh it should i shouldn't be able to own all of them I mean, I don't, but I, in theory, could, and they would fit in the drawer with the camera. There just isn't a big range at the moment, still. Mm-hmm. I would like them to offer multiple card slots. Yep. I'm not a professional, so I can deal with the fact that in the, what was it, 14 years of me owning a digital camera, I've had one card fail on me, and I've shot oh. on I've shot on SD cards the entire time, so... Mm-hmm. One failure is pretty good, but I would like two. I'd especially like two for the ability to get more buffer mm-hmm. time. I shoot mostly in RAW plus JPEG, so that's quite a lot of data that's being shuffled off to the card on every write. Uh, I would also like them to deal with heat better. Uh, mm-hmm. I use that camera for shooting video for our YouTube channel, but I also shot a friend's wedding and it turned itself off about three quarters of the way through the wedding because it overheated, which was great. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, in terms of problems with that camera, overheating is one of the ones that comes up a lot. And I think part of it is because Sony have done a really great job of miniaturizing that camera. So without any lenses, it's about the size of a point-and-shoot camera from about five or six years ago. And it's definitely smaller than even the smallest DSLR that you could buy right now. But the downside is there isn't a lot of space for heat to escape. So if you're going to be shooting 4K video the whole day, the A7R is probably not going to be the device for you. It's annoying because at the same time, it's really good for video. Right? Uh, the The two modes for uh, determining how much of the sensor I used for the image... Uh, I forget their names, that's not important, mean that it's capable of getting really good performance in relatively low light. It can get fairly good battery life. I have the external, the the grip, Mm -hmm. uh, which is really good if you're using one of the bigger lenses because suddenly it's kind of balanced size. Uh, But when I don't care, I take the battery grip off. I guess one, like, the the big positive for me is, and why it's worth the trade-offs of the overheating with long videos, which I don't do, so it's usually not a problem, Mm -hmm. is that the quality of the images is so good, 
it is so light, especially with the 28 or the 55 mil prime. But even I've gone out with the 70 to 200 on. That's my kind of typical travel lens setup. With no, uh, without the the battery grip on there, it's relatively light. Mm-hmm. And so, even though at times I've been tempted to go over to the Canon side or the Nikon side, it's so much lighter that even though some things would be nicer in that world, I couldn't give up my my A7R2. How do you find the EVF? So I actually use the EVF a lot more than I thought I would, uh, especially once I took off the rubber eye cap. I wear glasses and that just got my glasses gunky. So I got rid of it. I don't even know where I put it. Yeah, I love the EVF. It's large. It's bright. It has a decent uh, resolution. And I can configure it and the back panel display with different settings. Mm hmm. Uh, so I have trouble judging the horizon kind of alignment. So it has its little feature, which has that. And I always have that on in the, the EVF because I have it, you know, it's easier. Because that's one of the positives that I find with mirrorless cameras as opposed to DSLRs is the ability to still have a viewfinder, but have it be electronic so you can have things like focus peaking. You can have exposure previews which for me as a more of an amateur type photographer is really handy to have. And like you said, the EVF that you've got on the A7R2 is just huge. It's like looking into a fairly big size TV if you've got your eye on it. Yeah, the, the common criticism of the A7R2 is the battery life. That doesn't bother me a heck of a lot. It bothers me even less than it did on the RX1. I've Basically, I'm at peace with it because I have like four batteries for it, courtesy of Dick Smith closing down sale. Yay. Sorry, investors. But also because it has the continued that trend from the RX line of being able to charge over USB, it doesn't do a perfect job of running off USB. So if you're using it to shoot video for long stretches, it will deplete the internal battery at the same time. Mm -hmm. But that's not really a problem when I'm outdoors. And I think when people complain about battery life in terms of mirrorless cameras, they tend to compare it to DSLRs, where if, especially if you're not using the rear LCD, you can get, you know, 600 shots, 1,000 shots even. But what I've heard from other camera reviewers before is the minute you try to shoot live view, which is essentially what you're doing all the time with mirrorless cameras, you're going to get the same amount of battery life as a mirrorless camera. And at least with companies like Nikon, their live view performance relative to mirrorless cameras is pretty bad, actually. Yeah, whereas the I don't have many complaints about uh, anything else with the camera. I did grumble about the autofocus Yesterday, actually, uh, when we were in relatively low light and I was shooting uh, photos of niece and nephew who are, well, they move as as children want to do and trying to get autofocus, especially on my nephew, it's very difficult. But I mean, it was, he was moving a lot. I think I would have struggled no matter what. Yeah. And I think because the camera's so good most of the time, when you get it into a really challenging situation like in a low-lit 
restaurant with a small child moving around, you kind of wish it was as good as it is normally. But I think sometimes you have to remember that I think any camera would struggle in that light. And if you do want to get to the performance of a camera that can actually handle a situation like that, you would probably be paying, you know, a couple thousand more just to get just that little bit better. And the flip side is when I did have focus, the images come out great. So mm-hmm. I, I think you sometimes forget that your camera is really good in high ISO, and I find you still not raising the ISO as far as, as I think you can, because I guess it's because you've been shooting a lot longer than I have, and you're probably more used to cameras not being so good at high ISOs. And I find that with a few of the camera reviewers and uh, camera podcasters tend to say, oh, you know, I keep forgetting that these new cameras are so good now, and I'm still like, you know, really scared to raise it over 800 or 1600 because at that time when they were shooting, those ISOs were really at the edge of usable. Whereas now, like you said, 6400, it's still really good. Yeah, to be fair, most of the time I actually let Sony decide on the ISO. They, they get to decide the ISO and the shutter speed, and I decide the aperture because that's the thing I most care about most of the time. Did you talk about which lenses you like the most? So I, I don't really have a favorite. Well, why don't you run through the lenses you do have? Yeah, so I, I mentioned I had the the 28 f2, and I have the fisheye adapter for that. I have the 55mm 1.8, the 24 to 70 f4, and the 70 to 200 f4. And the 55 and the 24 to 70 are both Zeiss. Yep. But the other two aren't, I don't think. Yeah, I think I definitely know that your 70 to 200 is a G lens. And the 28 definitely isn't. So I guess the easiest way to pick a favorite is the one I bought first. And when I bought the camera, I bought the 55mm f1.8. And that's because for years with my D50, the 50mm f1.8 was the only lens that I shot with. And even now, except when I'm traveling and doing more landscapes, and then I put on the 70 to 200, the 55 is my go-to because it's kind of in that 50-ish range. Mm F1.8 just really helps with light. And, you know, okay, F4 is great, but F1.8 is even better for for bokeh. Uh, And it's light. Okay, there's no zoom, but I have so many megapixels I can crop. And ultimately, it's just, it's a lens I very much like. So, yeah, I guess that would be my favorite. Yeah, and I'd, I'd agree with you there. I mean, having that on that camera, again, it makes it a really small package. And the image quality is really good. Alternatively, I, sh- I shoot our YouTube videos using the 28mm because we just don't have the room. Yeah, it's a little bit harder to fit both of us in the frame with, with a 50mm, 55mm rather. Um, do you want to, just because I don't have any other cameras that I'm currently using, are there any other cameras you're currently using? Um, in terms of video, now that we're branching out into doing some video with our YouTube channel, I'm really happy that I got my Panasonic FZ1000. It's a, it's not an interchangeable lens camera. It's a, I guess you would consider it a super zoom, but it's a fixed lens. It's got a one inch sensor, 20 megapixel 
also has an EVF, which is quite large for a fixed lens camera. And yeah, the 4K video that comes out of it is pretty good. I mean, probably not the same league as the A7R2, but it's it's pretty impressive for the price that I paid for it, which is, I think, less than a quarter of the A7R2. It's not hard. Yeah, that's true. But I think that's the other camera that I'm quite excited about and happily shoot with. I think because having a one-inch sensor means you do get better low ISO performance, high ISO performance, and you still have the flexibility of having a 25 to 400 millimeter equivalent lens to shoot with, which means that if I'm just going to carry one camera, it pretty much has all the focal lengths that I would ever need, except for maybe if I'm trying to shoot something really, really far away. But yeah, that's the only other one that I can think of. Cool. Okay, that that about wraps this one up. Uh, don't forget to subscribe. Visit the website at twopats.live. Drop us a comment using the, the feedback form. Uh, as I mentioned a couple of times, subtle, subtle plugs there. We have a YouTube channel. I'll put a link on the website as well and also in the show notes. You can also find links to the cameras that we talked about on Amazon in the, the show notes as well. Thanks for listening. Bye.